you're listening to the Sports by Fry podcast. All right, here's the plan for today. I wasn't uh, scheduling a podcast today. I was actually planning on dropping the first one for 2021, doing a big sit-down with J-Lo on Monday or Tuesday after the weekend. But James Harden has been traded, finally, after a couple of weeks, or feels like it's dragged out for months, of hysteria, rumours... Uh, quotes from Harden, quotes from people that we don't know whether to believe or not, it happened. Harden is a Brooklyn Met, so the bulk of this podcast will really be breaking down that trade from a lot of different angles. I am going to tease a couple of things that are coming up in the next few weeks and months at the end of the pod, and I am bringing back the JLo Weekly sit-down as well as Fantasy Fridays. Long time Sports by Fry listeners will know all about Fantasy Fridays, but without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Sports by Fry fans, welcome back. Hopefully you're listening to this happy and healthy at the start of 2021. It's been about six months since I last recorded a podcast. Uh, I'm very underprepared for this one. I don't actually have my mic with me, so apologies in advance if the audio is a bit clunky, but I had to document my thoughts on what's going on with James Harden. Now, when I went to bed, there was uh, talk about Harden obviously still being moved, that rumour and that narrative has kind of been stretched for the last week or two, but I woke up and James Harden was on the Brooklyn Nets. So breaking down the entire trade, we actually saw four teams get in on the action. So obviously Harden is now a Brooklyn Net, but the Rockets in compensation received Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Ronald Kurutz, who is a uh, prospect from the Nets who hasn't really seen a lot of court time yet this season, four future first round picks, three from Brooklyn and one from the Cavaliers that was actually originally a Milwaukee pick, and then four pick swaps in the future as well. As part of the deal, we saw uh, Karis LeVert go to Indiana, which I'm going to unpack. I really love the idea of Karis LeVert joining the Pacers. And the Cavs got in on the action by getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince in return as well. So, biggest thing for this trade is obviously surrounding James Harden. There were reports over the last week or two that really ramped up in steam overnight saying that he was going to end up at Philly or maybe it was Brooklyn and Harden set out practice because the trade seemed inevitable and then after all this Kyrie crap that's happening with Brooklyn it wasn't really clear if the Nets were going to pull the trigger. Philadelphia seemed like the most logical landing spot and we've seen Brooklyn uh, mess up their draft history in the past, uh, draft future in the past with some trades. We famously saw them trade for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and the picks and the pick swaps that they sacrificed turned into players like Jason Tatum, Colin Sexton, Jalen Brown. So you can understand why Brooklyn were hesitant to throw a lot of picks and assets in this hardened deal, but at the end of the day, they're all in on a championship pursuit. I was a little bit worried about the depth that Brooklyn does have, especially after Spencer Dinwiddie was ruled out with an ACL tear a couple of weeks ago, but now that they've got Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, I mean, that's probably the best three players on paper on the same team. In fact, it's time for a useless Sports by Fry stat. So currently, there are seven active players who have a career usage rate over 29%. Durant, Irving, and Harden are three of the seven. And now, 
will watch them all on the same team. All three of them are actually in the top 20 in NBA history. Uh, if you want to know the other four blokes, I'll let you have a quick think and a quick guess. Pause the podcast now if you want to try and think about it. Career usage rate over 29%. Boogie Cousins, LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. No uh, huge surprises there. But back to the Nets. Now, obviously losing or gaining Harden, rather, saw them lose Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and Jarrett Allen. So it doesn't really help the case for their depth. However, like I've said, they've got three bonafide superstars now, offensive savants that really were going to give a lot of teams trouble. Now, there's no guarantees that Kyrie Irving will be uh, playing for Brooklyn in the near future, given his uh, misdemeanors off the court and his... uh, I don't even know how you'd pigeonhole exactly what's going on with Kyrie right now in a couple of words, but long story short, he won't be playing for Brooklyn at least for another week or two in my eyes. Doesn't mean, though, that over the next 50 to 55 games that the NBA, in quotation marks, still has uh, on the schedule, doesn't mean that they can't mesh, and there's plenty of ways that Brooklyn can still tweak their roster. They've got guys like DeAndre Jordan. I'm still a big Joe Harris fan, so it's not like there's nothing left and the cupboard is completely bare, but they might be an active player still in the trade market or at least in the buyout market to try and add a couple of uh, little pieces and supporting characters around their now three-headed monster. Now, the other massive team involved in this was Houston. They sent James Harden packing. I've since seen some stuff uh, about Boogie Cousins talking about how it was plaguing the uh, the locker room and Really, he came here to play with John Wall, not with Harden. So hopefully for Houston Rockets fans, this will actually help them turn over a new leaf. I mean, they have, ever since Harden arrived in Houston, they have done everything possible for that bloke. They've obviously done a couple of recent superstar trades for Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, and then most significantly this season, John Wall. So it's not like they can say that they haven't done everything they possibly could to help Harden's playoff pursuit and to see if they could build a championship team. But we knew that this was going to happen. All signs pointed to a messy divorce between the two sides. And I'll be honest, Houston got a pretty good haul considering how much Harden had tanked his trade value over the last couple of weeks. So like I said, they get three future firsts from Brooklyn in 2022, 24 and 26. They get Milwaukee's pick from Cleveland in 2022, first rounder. And then they get swap rights with Brooklyn for this year, 2023, 25, and 27. Players they get, obviously, Victor Oladipo is the big name on paper, who's been playing reasonably well so far with Indiana this year. Dante Exum, who is more or less just a bit of a salary filler, I think. He hasn't been able to get healthy, the poor bugger. Hopefully, uh, we can see that narrative change, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And uh, Karutz, again, like I said at the lead-off, he's not a great player, but he hasn't really had a chance to kind of shine. So Victor Oladipo is the big piece that the Rockets will be hanging their hat on. Through the first nine or ten games or so, he hasn't looked amazing, hasn't set the world on fire for the paces, but probably most importantly, he has been on the court. We know that he's battled injuries in recent times, and obviously a big quad injury kept him out for a couple of months, I think it was, uh, later in last season before the action got paused. But he's averaging 20 points on the year, which is worth noting. And he is still shooting the ball reasonably well. I think that I would have probably rathered from Houston's perspective to land Karis LeVert, who I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I think Victor Oladipo gives the Rockets a pretty interesting mix of players. They've now got John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Boogie Cousins, which... 
five to six years ago would have been a superstar team, but they could pivot and go in a lot of different directions here. They still have Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker as potential trade chips. I don't like the idea of, uh, or don't think that they'll be able to deal Gordon, but nonetheless, Christian Wood has got off to a great start to this year, so I wouldn't be surprised with this new nucleus if Stephen Silas could help build a postseason team in Houston, but... Yeah, they're kind of at a crossroads here. I feel like Oladipo won't be going anywhere, neither will Wall, but some of those other guys I mentioned and some of the lesser talents on the roster could find themselves dealt for future assets. They kind of bled the cupboard dry when they traded for Russell Westbrook and gave a lot of picks back to OKC. So to get four future firsts and four pick swaps from Brooklyn really is the big uh, icing on the cake in this trade piece. Victor Oladipo is nice and a good compensation piece, but... All those picks will be the ones that matter. We've seen, again, touching back on what happened in the past with Brooklyn, we've seen how three to four years from now, who knows, we might have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden all out of Brooklyn. And that 2025, 26, 27 pick swaps and pick rights, they might be the ones that matter. So interesting spot that Houston's now in. I don't know if they strengthened their team through this trade. I mean, they lost James Harden, but they did get a bunch of assets in return. One team involved in this deal that I really do think did strengthen their case as a postseason squad, and I'll be honest, I've been sleeping on them, but they might genuinely be a team to consider for the chip, and that is the Indiana Pacers. I think that they're the big winners in this situation. Basically flipping Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert is huge for them. Two similar players, but I love what I've seen from Karis LeVert early in this season. Off-ball, obviously, when Kyrie and Durant have been out, Levert has really started to shine. He dropped 43 against Memphis just last week. But I think playing next to Malcolm Brogdon and with smart players like Sabonis, the Holiday Brothers, Miles Turner, that Indiana nucleus is something to really, really get behind at the moment. Now, Levert is still relatively young, so there's no reason why Brogdon, Sabonis, Levert, and all those other pieces I mentioned can't grow together. Obviously, Karis Levert's battled some injury issues since entering the league, but at 26, he's kind of just hitting his prime now. We've seen how well he can play as a second fiddle to superstars like Durant and like Kyrie, or third fiddle, I should say, but now slotting into this Indiana team, I wouldn't be surprised if he took on a greater role and really stepped up and started to put up borderline all-star numbers. Finally, the fourth team involved in this deal, my favorite team in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, managed to snaffle Jarrett Allen, who I've been saying for years needs to beat well maybe two years, needs to be freed from Brooklyn. Ever since they signed DeAndre Jordan, it was a bit of a clunky fit with both of those guys. But Jared Allen next to DeAndre Jordan is probably a similar transition to what he's going to be like next to Andre Drummond. I can't see them starting Jared Allen over Andre Drummond in Cleveland, but it'll be very interesting to see how the rest of the season unfolds for the Cavs. Obviously, their backcourt with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton showed a lot of promise through the first half a dozen games or so, both of which are currently injured and not playing. But the Jared Allen acquisition could see Cleveland make a change in their front court. They've got a bit of a weird, clunky mix at the moment. I'm using clunky a lot this podcast. They've got Andre Drummond, as I've talked about. They've got Larry Nance, Thon Maker, JaVale McGee, Kevin Love, and now Jared Allen. So unless they're trying to go really against the small ball uh, situation that's happening in the league and just try and start five centers in their lineup. I don't really know what the Cavs are doing. Hopefully, Andre Drummond can get flipped and that'll free up minutes for Allen to develop because I really do think he's a starting caliber center in the league and hopefully he gets a chance. 
to prove that, but I don't think it's going to show, or he's not going to be able to show it right away. He might step in and take JaVale McGee's minutes and play as that backup centre, and given the Cavs' injury issues, he could see a bit more playing time in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, weird, weird things going on in Cleveland in their front court. So hopefully they can make a couple of deals and we can see Jared Allen thrive like the player that I personally think that he can develop into. Ten minutes worth of little nuggets around the James Harden trade. I don't think we're going to know anything concrete about how this Brooklyn situation is going to work, but I do think it's a smart move for the Nets. It's obviously mortgaging their future again to go all in on a championship pursuit, but I think that it's the right thing to do. If you get Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant on paper as three superstar offensive talents, then you can figure the rest out from there. We might see Durant and Kyrie close games and Harden can dominate right up until the last five minutes when he tends to go missing. So it'll be very interesting to watch and see what happens when Kyrie does come back into the fold. But I'm a fan of what the Nets are building. I still think that it's the Lakers' chip to lose this year, but Brooklyn has probably strengthened their case. And if they can get all the off-court things right and really galvanize the locker room, then Steve Nash might be able to claim a chip in year one. Like I said, the first podcast of 2021 was meant to be a sit-down with J-Lo. I'll be honest, I've been pretty lazy uh, to start 2021. I was going to do it last week, and then as the health and safety protocols forced teams to postpone games, I wanted to hit pause in case, ironically, the league hit pause on the NBA and just make sure that there was some basketball to talk about. But the James Harden trade forced my hand, and it's probably a good thing, 200th. Sports by Fry podcast episode is going out to the world now. And like I said, there's plenty that I've got planned for the upcoming year. I am going to be bringing back Fantasy Fridays starting next week. First podcast I'm going to be doing with a Fantasy Friday theme will look a little bit at some of the NFL guys coming out of college and the guys who shone in the college football playoff and the national championship in particular. Each week I'll be doing an NBA waiver wire watch, touching on relevant injuries, etc. And of course, as all AFL fantasy fans know I am back this year for the Dream Team Talk Boys talking about the cash cows again, the all-important rookies. So for the third straight season, I'm going to be uh, covering any relevant rooks. I dropped an article looking at a cash cows watch list heading into the preseason. I did the same thing a year prior as well. Just about 15 to 25 guys who I think are worth keeping your eye on through the preseason. I'm all about chasing value this year in AFL Fantasy. I'm not going to dive a lot into AFL Fantasy with two and a half months before the season starts, but I am going to start just dropping several little nuggets in the Fantasy Fridays, and then I'll ramp up production, obviously, as the season gets closer. Speaking of articles, an updated NBA MVP ladder. Well, not updated, actually. The first one for the season is dropping later today, so make sure you check that out. I've got plenty of other articles and pods in the works for 2021, so thanks again for listening to the first Sports by Fry pod of the year. Hopefully, uh, you've left a rating and review and given it the thumbs up so I can shoot myself up the charts. Uh, But yeah, until next time, peace.